Welcome back to Loftman's Basketball. You're listening to episode 13 of our WNBA Retrospect series, a historical look back at the greatest prospects in league history. Today we'll discuss Neka Agumake, one of the WNBA's top forwards of the 2010s. Loftman's Basketball starts now. Ogumawale for the win! You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Welcome. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. My name is Lennon Cruz. I'm your Saturday host covering the WBA draft and prospect scouting. I'm joined by my co-host Lincoln Schaefer. Lincoln covers the WNBA from a biomechanics standpoint. You can follow him on Twitter at Dovienya underscore. As I said, our conversation subject today is Stanford's Neka Gumake. Neka led Stanford to four straight Final Four appearances, posting an average of 17.2 points and 8.5 rebounds in her collegiate career. The six foot two forward was selected by the Los Angeles Sparks in the 2012 draft to build a star-studded duo alongside Candace Parker. The pitch for NECA as a prospect revolves around her positional value as a forward um, and her projectability with her skill set. So for you, Lincoln, where do you fall in her scout um, from what you saw at Stanford? Yeah, NECA is such a fluid and intuitive mover off the ball. That's the first thing that really caught my eye is um, that Stanford system is really built around moving without the ball. Uh, We see that a lot in uh, we uh, talked about that with Haley Jones and how she was able to hit cutters with passes. Uh, we've talked about that with other Stanford players. And Neko Gwumike is a really interesting fit into that motion offense that they run at Stanford, that Princeton style, where she is such a smart cutter and such a smart basketball player that she really understands what's going on. But it also feels like you're not getting everything that you could get out of her while playing in that system because she's such a good ISO scorer as she proves later in the W in her WNBA career. She's so good at just going and getting a bucket, but that's not something she was really asked to do at Stanford. So it's hard to, um, this is something that, that me and M talked about is that it's hard to grade NECA as high as we really want to, because you can see all of the skills there and everything that you really want to see from a prospect like that, but not at the volume that you really want to see it. Um, She's an incredible scorer at Stanford. She puts up 22 and 10 her senior season uh, playing alongside another WNBA caliber first round, uh, first overall pick in her sister, Chanae, but she's just an intense, intensely talented basketball player an elegant mover and she's just really good inside the arc on both ends. Just like one of the most solid basketball players. That's how I would describe her play at Stanford is just, she doesn't make mistakes. She's just doing what's right. Her drives are deadly. Her cuts are really nice and she's a really solid defender too. Yeah. Just, really solid high floor prospect and that's what makes it difficult projecting like you said 
to give her a high enough grade as you would like to see based on the athletic tools, based on the scoring chops. Like she averaged 22 points in college without a three-point shot. So there's a lot of things, even though it's 2012 too. There's a lot of things that you'd like with her. I like her post steals. I like her turnaround jumper. I like what she can do in the post, uh, driving from the elbow. I like, I like a lot of the stuff she can do. But at the same time, it makes it tough to look at her as this on par with some of the other prospects we've talked about in this series um, when she doesn't have that shot for me. Like, I think the shot, as we know, it comes along, but I don't really see a lot of flashes that gives I, me this from college. I have some questions about the jumper outside of like 17 feet. Right. But from 17 feet and in, she's impeccable. Yeah. She scores incredibly efficiently. Uh, the ISO scoring bag, the like two times a game that she gets to show it off, is really deep. She's like hitting step back jumpers off the dribble in a big's face. She's taking these wildly contested pull up shots sometimes when uh, there's like five seconds on the shot clock and they just need something. But she's she's clearly got all the tools, but doesn't have all of the opportunity to show it off in this. Really, they, I think it's frequently called like an egalitarian system that they play at Stanford. She has all of the tools you could want out of a, a forward uh, in terms of scoring. Uh, she can drive left. She can drive right. She's an awesome rebounder and great oh, yeah. uh, boxing out. Incredible. 3.5 uh, rebounds. Yeah. That is, that's really impressive. She just, she does little things all the time. And that makes me really confident that she's never going to be a bad player in the WNBA. And there is, to me, at least watching uh, NECA in college, there's there's signs of that MVP ceiling. It's not really something that you catch right away, but she there's flashes that she can be much more scalable and uh, ball dominant than she is at at Stanford. And on the defensive end, did you have any notes from M? M couldn't make this episode, but did you have any notes from her scout on the defensive end? Yeah, um, me and M agreed that uh, she's a really solid defender and a really, really good athlete. And her uh, athleticism, she leverages her athleticism well um, in terms of defending at the rim uh, and defending on the perimeter. She's pretty uh, solid. Um Close, her closing speed is good, and she's good defending in isolation. Um, there's some questions about, uh, like, her flat – she's a bit flat-footed at the point of attack, which can get her into trouble against um, really good face-up players. But that's not going to be something that happens a lot. Uh, and another thing that M pointed out that is a really good point is that she's demonstrably a plus defensive communicator which is really rare to see out of a college player and something that is going to add value to whatever uh, professional team she ends up on. Right. I think just really solid defensive prospect. Look at the numbers, 2.5% steal rate, 3.3% block rate. And like you said, pairing that with a low turnover rate, she was just just a really high field player. She knew where to be. She knew where to mm-hmm. how to assess the defense. She knew how to kind of capitalize on certain mistakes. I liked her – Post defense, I thought, like you said, the athleticism aspect of things really gave her a boost. Even though she's six two or six two six three, she plays bigger than her size with her length mm-hmm. and just her coordination in general. 
Yeah. The now, rebounding is is right. um I I'd say that she rebounds much better than uh you would think just kind oh, of for sure. uh going off of her frame and her size. She's grabbing tough rebounds over bigger players all the time. And um she has some ability to even uh take uh bigger bigs off the bounce that uh can't keep up with her. She just plays a really elegant basketball. It's so much fun to watch too. I, I feel like I say that about everyone that we watch, but these are the best players in the history of women's basketball. It, it's going to be fun to watch. Oh, for sure. So after the break, we'll get into our scouting grade on NECA and later discuss how our pro career unfolded. But first, let's talk about DoorDash. With DoorDash grocery delivery, you can stock up for the week or order last-minute cravings conveniently. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each order. You'll get exactly what you ordered or you'll or we'll make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them yourself. Want even more value? You can save on all your groceries and restaurant favorites with a 0%, 0% delivery fee on all eligible orders with a DoorDash membership. With each, with easy substitutions right in the app, best-in-class customer, customer support, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want them. Get 50% off DoorDash orders up to $20, $20 value when use code LOCKEDONNBA at checkout. Limited time offer, terms apply. That's 50% off, up to $20, no minimum subtotal, zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget that's promo code locked on NBA for 20, 50% off your order with DoorDash went up to $20. Welcome back. I'm your host, Hunter Cruz, and thanks for joining us. Let's get back into our scouting grid on NECA, solely based on the film we watched from a pre WNBA film, taking into account the current state of the league at the time rather than current WNBA team building and schematic philosophies. But first, for those unfamiliar, we use a 2080 baseball-like scouting scale. A 40 is an average WNBA contributor. A 45 is a top-end backup. 50 is your average starter. 55 is an above-average starter. 60 is an all-star caliber player. 70 is an all-WNBA caliber player. And then 80 is reserved for your MVP candidates. So I came into this episode pretty open on my grade on NECA. I wanted to see kind of what you guys thought as well. Um, because I thought, like, like, like you guys said earlier, um, it's hard to give her a certain level of a grade just because of the offensive system and kind of just projecting how good this player can be at the next level um, compared to some other players in the series where it was like kind of obvious, um, like no doubt number one picks, no doubt superstar players in this league. So with NECA, where are you at on M? Where, where are you and M at on her scouting grade? Yeah, um, in talking about this, we uh, had a pretty similar read and a pretty similar evaluation of NECA as a pro prospect mm -hmm. that um, the the athleticism mixed with the uh, elite finishing she's always been one of the best play finishers in the world uh, and M's a little bit more of a believer in the jump shot than we are which I think is what pushed M to giving NECA a soft 70 grade um, which is like putting NECA the the idea of a perennial all-W player, which is what she is now. Um, I came away very close to that as um, 
as a strong, like a really strong 60, like a 60 plus where like all-star absolutely and has that ceiling of um, breaking through like her top percentile outcomes are a perennial MVP candidate and that like her, but her lowest outcomes are still a useful WNBA player. So it's kind of like she doesn't have the same ceiling that some of the, as some of the players we evaluated earlier in this series, but she has a much higher floor than almost everyone except for Candace Parker. Maybe Maya um, Moore. And, and Maya, yeah. There's just no way to me that the NECA that we watch at Stanford is not at least an all-star. Every every single outcome for her, she's just incredibly solid. Um, and like going through the, the 2012 draft retrospective stuff, it's very similar to the 2023 draft with NECA and Aaliyah Boston being the clear-cut number one pick who is like a tier ahead of everyone else. And then there's kind of a crapshoot behind that. But it, I just – those comparisons in terms of like NECA and Aaliyah are similar – uh, tier prospects to me where you have this player who's just incredibly solid and doesn't make mistakes. They might not have the same ceiling as like your perennial MVP, but there's just no way that they're not a good to great WNBA player. Right. I feel similar to you, the solid 60, 60 plus area. Like you said, her floor is basically an all-star caliber player, a fringe all-star caliber player from what I saw. The ceiling, like M kind of believes in the jumper, that I could get closer to a 70. But I think it's sort of the same conversation we have with someone like Angel Reese, for example, where I, I want to see shooting. I want to see it before I just kind of just project that onto someone's game. Um, and that's what, in the draft conversation, why I'm higher on Rakia Jackson because these forwards, athletic forwards, play finishers, I believe in the one that's going to take shots more and, like, having higher upside. But like we see with NECA, she does hit that ceiling. So how do you think NECA's prospects compares to, like, the players we're seeing now in, like, Rakia, Angel, those type of skill sets? Hmm. NECA is kind of like if you took the best aspects of both Angel Reese and Rakia Jackson and pushed them all together, she's, like – She's got the the mid-range acumen, the drives, and the scoring punch that Rakia brings, as well as like the the I think Angel's a bit a bit a bit of a better athlete and a better defensive yeah, prospect perfectly. than Rakia. Right. And and Neka's kind of just like the perfect amalgamation of those two, I guess. Uh in you take all the the great defense and rebounding and you add the drives and the mid-range ISO bag and like there's flashes where um, we don't really get to see it in her time at Stanford, but I was just thinking about running 40 pick and rolls a game with NECA and a guard who can shoot and just having her just dominate on as a roller. And that kind of, that kind of uh, translation of her game into modernity has uh, gone favorably for NECA. She's just, She's a like perfectly solid big who is really good at everything. Like for Los Angeles in that draft, it was a pretty 
easy scout for them, it was Tate Neca, number yeah. one. Yeah. And we'll discuss that was, how that was worked. Very just soon. way above uh, everyone else in that class. Um, she's the best player in that class by a significant margin. Um yeah, it's not it's not particularly close, and that's how it was viewed um, at the time in terms of projecting that draft was there's NECA and then there's everyone else below that, and nobody really knew exactly how it was going to go down after NECA at the first pick. And we'll discuss how NECA's career transpired in Los Angeles, her solid rookie season, and more. Before we get into NECA's WNBA career, Lincoln, do you have any compare, compare, player comparisons on her game? I know we talked about Angel Rakia, kind of with a blend. Do you have any other others you'd like to mention here? Um, not really. I couldn't think of any. Um, the only one that M had for uh, NECA was if Shakira Austin was more of a four and had a better track record against uh, the top college competition. Uh, the only thing that I have written down for a comp is a ballroom dancer because she's so elegant and fluid and smooth. Um, she's just, she's so fluid as an athlete. Her change of direction is incredible. The, um, the way she just kind of bounces past people on drives is really impressive. I saw her take Brittany Griner off the bounce from the three-point line and take one dribble and get a layup out of it. She's taking off from seven feet away from the hoop and still getting a layup. It's so fluid. It's so elegant. And that's I, – I could only think of, like, a ballroom dancer. And I do have a stat from NECA's rookie season from M. Um, so seven players in WNBA history have averaged 14 points, a sub-10% turnover rate, and a 20% usage rate in the rookie season seven players, and only 10 players have done that in NBA history. So 17-player core there. Um, and then also, like M said, 14 points, 7.5 rebounds, 1.2 assists, 1.5 uh, steals, blocks, and one block. On 58% true shooting, runaway rookie of the year winner. Uh, Gloria Johnson also earned some votes. But um, just like you said, the projectability of her game, you see – immediate impact and like you talked about with Aaliyah we're talking about like that's actually a very good like segue into how these players um just betting on high floor players I think that's something that mm -hmm. you want to go for ceiling but I think at the WNBA level um the number one pick is usually always surefire um compared to the NBA or other other sports I feel like the WNBA there's always the one prospect especially considering you have like four years leading up to the draft it's always clear this is the number one mm -hmm. pick so to be able to blend a lot of these prospects, having the high floor, having high ceilings. So for NECA, um, like Em said, there's probably only four instant two-way superstars better than NECA and like catch Candace, Maya, Stewie. Besides that, NECA made an immediate impact on this league. And there's an argument that that's the four best players in WNBA right. history. And so that's, really solid company to be in. Um, NECA's just been really good for her whole career. She played uh, her first couple seasons alongside Candace 
mm-hmm. which just a devastating front court combo to go against. She won a rookie of the year. She won MVP. She won a, a championship in Los Angeles. And there's she's 32 now. Uh, and there's no real signs of slowing down. She's uh, aged into her game perfectly. She continues to just be monstrously efficient from the field. And uh, this is a conversation that we've had before, is that Neko Agumike, to me, is like one of the five best play finishers in the history of the sport. Like, if you give Neko the ball at the end of a set, it's going in the hoop. She's a really, really solid shooter. She draws fouls. She gets to the free throw line, and she doesn't miss free throws. And she's a really solid rebounder. She's improved as a passer, as a pro. And she's still a really solid defender, too. Like, she's just a complete five-tool player who doesn't really have shortcomings. And like you said, the defense, she had a 2.5% steal rate, 2.2% block rate over her first five seasons. Just an incredible defensive, like, stalwart on both ends of the floor, being able to kind of just be that event creation ability she has um, alongside Candace too. Like, that duo is pretty unfair, and we saw that with their, with their success in the playoffs. So, thanks for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen every day. Join the team at the next back next week for continued coverage of the WNBA and women's basketball as a whole. To recap, our consensus grade on NECA was a hard, solid 60 grade, uh, pushing 60 plus. Next week, you can join us back on Saturday for a historical scouting report on a trio of prospects from the 2013 draft, Brittany Greiner, Elena Deladon, and Skylar Diggins-Smith. Have a great rest of your weekend, everyone.